Hello, and welcome back to The Violet Vulture, or simply welcome if you're new here. My name is Emmy, and I'll be your host. I identify as a storyteller, Datsula, witch, and an all-around too-much person. And what do we do here on the pod? Well, we love and honor the spooky, the esoteric, spirituality, art, curiosity, horror, shadow work, strong opinions, and questions. A lot of this podcast does come from my own reflections, thoughts, perspectives, but a lot of it does come from you all. So do drop a voice memo or a comment on Spotify, DM me, email me, your fascination, morbid curiosity, special interest, and your topic just might make it onto the pod. So let's keep chatting. I absolutely love your questions. Let's continue to get deep, vulnerable, and so, so weird. A few updates before we get going today. I'm excited to have y'all in on this conversation between myself and Bridget Marie of Bridget Marie Energy Design. So much of her personality and worldview comes through on her platform as it is, but it was extra wonderful to hear more about her perspective and her approach to integrating self-care. Also, at time of publication of this episode, Bridget Marie has come out with their brand new template on Notion, the Holy Grail Headquarters. It's an extension of their work for entrepreneurs who were on a quest for feeling less bogged down by their systems. You know, what she does with Notion is so incredible to me. She's got a, a really, really great brain for the systems and self-care and systems as self-care work. And it was really lovely to hear about her rituals and this project she had going on uh, some months ago uh, called the 30-Day Bad Art Challenge. And yeah, we talked about witchiness in general, kind of terms with the identity. Basically, she's a delight, and I'm really excited to have y'all listening in today. And with that, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Violet Vulture. Today, I have a special guest with me today. Bridget, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, and something that I have kind of taken on in the podcast because I don't like being prescriptive about how I refer to people. So in this current moment, how do you describe who you are as a creator, as a business owner, someone on the internet? Yeah. Well, I first off, my pronouns are she, her, and I, my business is named after me. It's called Bridget Marie Energy Design. And right now how I'm kind of explaining what I'm doing is that I'm helping entrepreneurs and creatives who are stuck in chaos to explore resourceful systems, find new tools, and uncover the truth and joy that's already there. And I do that through custom projects and consulting in Notion, which I'm fully obsessed with. I also share a bunch of self-care resources and um, I do a lot of that in a bunch of different spaces, but I particularly also have a Patreon where I go a little bit more in depth into my own personal healing journey. 
So I share a little bit more in there than I would share on just like regular public spaces. Um, and then I also do a little bit of energetic exploration within physical spaces. That's also beautiful. And I feel like I my introduction to you was more so in your systems work. And I feel like as I've been kind of spending more time in this space, kind of catching up to the self-care aspect, but kind of my perception from the kind of high level is that they're in a sense one and the same, that like having good systems, it is good self-care and vice versa. Yes. And I think that that's how it really all started making sense to me when I started putting those connections together. And I realized that, well, first off, I didn't think that I did self-care. I just like didn't think that that was a thing for me because I was looking at it under the lens of like, okay, self-care is like bubble baths and painting your nails. And while it can be those things, like that just didn't hit for me. But then I realized all the ways in which I was taking care of myself. And a lot of it came through systems that I had put in place, like to um, get by in my day-to-day life with ADHD, just surviving in this world. I realized, oh, I'm actually doing a lot to take care of myself. And it all like ties in together in my personal life and in my business. In your own view, after kind of taking some time to reflect on what self-care means for you personally, what does self-care mean for you if you were to provide a definition to, say, a client? Ooh, okay. Hmm. Self-care to me is, gosh, it's like the like the essentials, the like the non-negotiables that maybe you didn't realize at first, but you can come to realize that are just the things that help you to show up in your life and even just to like get through your day to do what you want to be able to do in your life. I think this also goes really hand in hand with boundaries as well. But for me, it's about keeping it very simple I like really simple self-care. I like really simple routines and rituals that are easy to keep going with just so you're able to show up because first and foremost, we have to be able to show up for ourselves if we're going to show up for other people. And so to me, self-care is just all about doing any little thing that helps you to just be more you in your day. I I love that so much, how to be more you. And I think it's it's really great language, the, the non-negotiables, because I feel like a good way of showing what you need is when either you're not getting it consistently or if you fall off of like your your system or your kind of way of doing things that you'll find oh, this thing that I'm doing, like I miss it. And it's that kind of like weird check-in moment that everybody has, I think, where it's like, well, why am I not doing that? (laughs) And yeah, and, uh, you know, again, preaching to the choir in a sense, it's like you need to prioritize that by making time for it and prioritizing it that way. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. And I think also 
to those moments of like, wait a second, why am I not doing this thing anymore? I, I think that, that those are also just really, that's really valuable data. It's really valuable information because we do go through cycles and shifts and seasons where we try different things or we fall off things and then realize, oh, hang on a second. Like that was actually super beneficial. Like I'm going to get back into that. And for me, a big part of my self-care journey is having that grace and compassion. When I do fall off the thing, instead of beating myself up, like, why am I not doing this? I know that it is helpful for me. And instead just being like, oh, this is just a really great reminder. It's really great data that I'd like to do this thing again because it is impactful for me. So I, that's another like good one to slide into the definition of self-care, grace and compassion. Mm. No, absolutely. And tying into that, I am curious about what does a session look like for you and uh, you know, connecting to what you were saying about the importance of that compassion. Like, I guess I'm also curious too about how one could reassure somebody that making a system is not you do it once and it's done. It's not like doing your taxes once a year and then you're theoretically <laughs> done with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a great thing. And that's also like baked into my work. It's like, yeah, you're not just going to create a system and then that's it. Like it's, that's the system for forever. It's always a work in progress. And so that's why like refining is kind of part of the system. Um, and my sessions, I have, since I do kind of like so much that's all intertwined, but different um, in terms of notion sessions uh, right now, I have one that's called a strategy session. And that's where we go into what you currently have and just assess it, see where it's working for you, where it's not working for you. And I like to go into them in a very just neutral place of like, okay, where are we right now? Like where you're at right now is exactly where you're meant to be. So if it's working or it's not like you're right where you're meant to be. And that's why we're doing this. We're going to see what's going on and we're going to just check out those things. What's working, what's not working. And then look at the things that you like the changes that you're wanting to make. What are you looking to bring in and what are you looking to change? And I like to do that in kind of a future visioning type of a moment of like envisioning where, like where you're going, where do you want to be and how can we set up that, this system to support you in making that happen? And then I also always like to do like little celebration moments of like, oh my God, like look at everything that we've done here. Like you're doing it. This is all, this is all part of it. This is uh, the saying that I hate, like trust the process, like trust the process, the journey. It's a, that's like, that's like a lifelong lesson for me, but um, that's what it is. And that's why it's so important for me to bake it into my work because I've seen how, 
important it is to to me and everyone that I've worked with. Like you got to celebrate the little tiny, small things that you're doing. Yeah. And then go from there. And then as far as building a system goes, whether we're starting from scratch or starting from something that you already have, it's about doing that and then leaving time for you to explore and experiment with it. Experimentation is also like a really big thing for me. I'm a one three in human design. So that's like my whole gig. Um, but you got to experiment with the system. And then through that, you're going to find out where you need refinements. And then we can go on and make like additional little changes to make it work for what you need. Because uh, one thing that works for somebody is not necessarily going to work the same for everybody. And I have found that out in big ways in my life. Oh, no, absolutely. And I I love hearing that you're a 1-3. You're also an MG, correct? Manifesting generator? Yep. Ah, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so much. I'm doing all the, I'm doing all the things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I, I, I feel like it's so great to see when MGs are able to really create something for themselves where they can nurture their different interests that are still very much in the same ecosystem. So... No, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, that I it did take me a while to get to. But that's the experimentation piece you mentioned. Yeah. Well, uh, I think even just accepting the experimentation, that was really hard mm. for me. And like just like always feeling like I was failing and not looking at experimentation as something positive. Like I just wanted to get it. And I wanted to get it right and I wanted it to be the thing and I wanted to stick with it forever. But that is just like fundamentally not who I am. And that's who I was trying to be so badly. And that's a big reason why when I discovered my human design, I was just like, holy fucking shit, it makes sense. Like I can start like accepting these parts of myself and one, like realizing the, the cycles and the things that I go through and then accepting that as that's a perfectly fine way to be and to live my life. And that, that was, that felt very revolutionary to me. Oh, I'm glad that was so affirming because I think that can be something that's a part of a lot of folks' journeys is finding again, that self-compassion and that grace for things not necessarily being exactly how we want them to be or mm. what if, or even the reframe of like, what if success is actually me letting this evolve over time so you can keep honoring who I am now instead of like the static image of like successful Bridget or successful Emmy. Yes. Oh, I think that I just really needed to hear you say that because that is real time here. We're real time. Uh, that's definitely something that, ooh, that's been coming up big for me lately. Uh, so yeah, that's a good reminder. Thank you. Oh, of course. Mm. And something that I've also resonated with in your work is that you're also very open about having ADHD. And I, I guess I'm curious 
I, I imagine it is a, a bigger chunk of folks. Um, but do you feel like a lot of other neurodivergent, neurospicy, squiggle brain, whatever we call ourselves, mm-hmm. do you feel like they definitely are flocking to you a bit more or is there more of an even split? Ah, uh, that's an interesting question. I, I would say I've pretty much like only worked with neurodivergent people. That's like, I guess that's, mm, aside from like my partner who is very neurotypical, um, it just seems like everybody else who I spend my time with is not. And, you know, that's where I've, that's where I've found my home and been able to accept more of myself and to help other people do the same. And I think that that's, I, I sometimes it makes me wonder, like, I really wonder about my partner. I think he's an alien. I think he's from like, he's from somewhere else. I love him so much, but I just don't understand the way he thinks and operates. And uh, so it's cool to work with other people who operate in similar ways than I do, even though throughout that, I've seen such a range of differences, which is also really beautiful, fantastic to be able to help other people make systems and make things work for, I've been calling it my beautiful brain now, trying to like, you know, come to terms with it. We're making a positive uh, relationship where most of my life I didn't have a positive relationship with it. Um, But I get to see how other people's beautiful brains work and try to come up with something that is like custom tailored to you. It's custom tailored to what you need because that's what I made like for myself. And I think I just super nerd out about that. But yeah, also I love, did I say I love the term neurospicy? I think that that I just heard it like a couple weeks ago. And I think that that's really fun. Oh, it, it's one of my favorite terms or euphemisms or whatever, because I feel like when I begin to operate in spaces that have a neurotypical foundation or are more neurotypical dominant, it's like, I, I feel like I am like the cayenne pepper <laughs> that's messing <laughs> <laughs> with like whatever, whatever's going on there. So it really, it, it kind of helps me. It was a helpful reframe for me in a sense of, I, I'm just a different flavor. It doesn't mean that I don't belong. It's just that maybe I'm not for everybody. And this could be why spice isn't for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's kind of extra funny to me because I am, I have a very low tolerant, uh, on the spicy scale as in terms of eating food, but I also am an Aries son. And so I'm very just spicy, fiery anyway, that's just my nature. So I, I can appreciate that. Love it. I am surrounded by Aries in my life. My dad and my brother are both in that season. So oh, love it. No, I, and I can see how that helps fuel entrepreneurship too, because I feel like I know a lot of fire placements that work with other people and find that's really supportive of them. But I, I've always been so so jealous of the Aries energy of just try it and see what happens. Even if there's a little bit of like fear behind it, the like go, mm-hmm. go, go of it is like, I need some of that juice. 
Yeah, it's that uh, my friend and I were just talking about this. The like the ignition, like that, like fire starter. She's like, you've always just got that. Like, and I'm like, I don't know. It just happens, you know. I get, I get the thing, and I, I can't not do it. Like, I got, I gotta. Oh no, I love that. The ignition is a is a lovely way of putting it. And another great way I've heard somebody say it is. Um, Aries being, I, I don't always love people saying you're the babies of the Zodiac because I'm like, that's infantilizing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do like um, the the perspective that Aries, because they're, they're the babies in a sense, how babies don't, they're, young people are not afraid because they don't know to be afraid mm. yet. They just have this like, oh, why not do it? Like, it's not a matter of being immune to failure or not being afraid of failure. It's like it never even came across their minds. It's like, why not try? Wow. That Okay, that just also lit up something in my brain. I'm like, I am not uh, – a lot of astrolog- astrology goes like right over my head. I don't like super understand most of it. I got like little bits and pieces – but I think that you just gave me the like piece of the Aries archetype that I really need. I'm going to carry that, uh, that piece with me. Cause that it is so, I mean, for everybody though, that like fear part of it in like really holding you back. That's, that's a big, that's a big real thing. But I, I have been particularly practicing feeling the fear and doing the thing anyway or if it's fear, anxiety, nervousness, whatever it is, just that like, okay, you can be here right now. Like, come, come on, like get in the back seat, but we're still going. And that, that feels like a really big uh, concept thing to like run with in life. No, absolutely. And since you're not so much it it kind of feels like you have a stronger connection to the human design. I I am curious about how you blend in the energy piece into your work because I think that might be the thing that could trip folks up about systems work and self-care and it's like how do you weave that in? I feel like it might be intuitive to an intuitive mm. <laughs> to maybe a lay person who's like what are y'all doing in there? <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love this question so much, especially because it is such an integral part of my work. It's literally in the title of my business. Like, but I didn't go into it with that. Like, for example, I would never call myself a witch until more recently. And that was a really hard thing that I like was trying to like come to terms with. But if you talk to um, one of my best friends, she's like, oh, my God, Bridget, you're one of the most powerful witches I know. And she's been saying that for so long. And I just like couldn't understand it because I think the way that I was going about it looked different than all of the like so-called witchy things that witches do. I was just like, I'm just doing I'm just operating. I don't know. I'm just So that's how I approach the energetic part of it. For me, it's really just that 
like connection to your intuition. And that is something that I have only really just cultivated over the past few years in a, in a big way. And that to me is just bringing it back to the really simple things of like, where are you right now? Like, can you feel your feet on the ground? You're connected. That's like, there's an energetic, you know, like connection through that. And that's how I look at energy. So whether it's um, within like my energy experiments, which is uh, taking a look at your physical space. So it would be, for example, like sitting here in my office at my desk. How do I feel when I'm sitting here at my desk? And, you know, what do I have that's surrounding me? How do each of those things like interacting with each piece of what's on my desk, like, how does that make me feel? What does it make me think of? Um, just like anything in that sense, how am I interacting with these things? And then considering, is that how I want to feel? Is that how I want to show up? Is that, is this what I like at my desk? And then kind of like thinking about this is really like the energy experiment. I realized like pretty much all of my sessions are like the exact same, but just looking at different things. But then it's like tapping into, you know, like, how do you want to feel like how, how do you want your life to feel like, what do you imagine that's like? And just working with, it's just like the energy of, of connecting to that, like connecting to the different pieces of yourself, where you are, where you might want to go and the energy of those things that are around you while you're doing it. I really vibe with that for uh, so many reasons, but namely, I love how rooted your work is energetically and also like tangibly with when time is spent in notion, there's a focus on what is right now. So we don't get too ahead of ourselves because it's so hard to figure out where you actually want to go next if you don't really know where your footing is. And yeah. I feel like, like as you were saying, that you have this mindset for what your business should be or what you should be doing in it in this moment or how you operate now is just the way that you do it forever. But taking stock of how experimentation may be kind of a major theme for you and that that is an asset, not a failure or a liability. I, I really like how there's kind of that extension because I'm, I'm so big on just because you may be guiding somebody through something doesn't mean that it was always intuitive for you. If mm -hmm. anything, the thing you had to more actively learn becomes the thing that you're so good at teaching because it was not easy at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't have like, I didn't have any of this connection to anything. And I think it was really in my own like curiosities and willingness to explore. Like there was one year that I got obsessed with feng shui and I was like, I'm going to be a feng shui like practitioner. Like I've done this for many different things, but I think, um, that helped me start um, interacting with energy, like really like understanding things that I was already drawn to or wanted to, to do and cultivate in my own life and having different 
modalities to help like bring that in. Another really important piece for me was discovering minimalism and doing the Marie Kondo KonMari method Mm -hmm. where she talks about like everything having a home and then but the one thing that my goodness it brought me to tears I didn't I only watched like one episode of the show but I preferred the book but in the show she actually gets down like on her hands and knees in this person's home to just thank the home for you know everything it provides and that to me was like holy shit like I've got chills right now it's just the like you know where are you right now like yes I understand your house may be cluttered and it's not serving you but where are you right now what does the house provide to you right now and that for me is the that's the everything it's the house it's it's your desk it's your business system on your computer it's the you know like building that foundation is that's that's the energy work to me I got a few episodes in and it is so deeply moving (laughs) we we don't realize just how complex our relationship to our environment actually is Mm -hmm. and I am sure that came up for you when you were uh studying feng shui and that you wanted to integrate that more that yeah it it commit it completely reshapes how you perceive your environment when you begin to look at it from these like lenses of KonMari of feng shui it's really Mm -hmm. yeah it as an ADHD person I have lots of piles (laughs) (laughs) which is also my notion dashboard at the moment (laughs) so yeah yeah I'm in need for that kind of call-in moment that um that's where minimalism really like hit for me I think I learned about minimalism in 20, maybe like 2017, 2018, um, 2018 for the whole entire year, I ran these Facebook groups every single month doing the, it was by the minimalists, this 30 day minimalism challenge where you like get rid of one thing on day one, two things on day two. I did it for like January. And then I was like, Oh my God, I'm doing it for the whole year. I ran it for the whole fucking year. It was insane. But that to me really just, a, it was a great experiment and also letting myself do it in a way that worked for me and worked for the groups of people that were doing it as well. But I was realizing uh, very quickly how much all of the stuff in my house was contributing to my anxiety. And at the time that that was going on, I had um, I was in the period of my life where I like negated my ADHD diagnosis. I I got diagnosed in college, uh, which was I don't pre twenty eleven, and then I got re-diagnosed um, a couple years ago. But for that really good chunk of time, I was like, nope, this isn't me. I just wasn't ready for it yet. <laughs> so this was during that time. So I was seeing how much the the clutter in my life was contributing to my anxiety. I wasn't thinking about it in terms of ADHD, but now looking back, it makes a lot of sense to me. And it also makes a lot of sense to me why picking up on different things from the KonMari method has really helped me in like, I don't, I don't have piles of clothes all around my bedroom anymore. And I used to just have shit everywhere. And I'm almost like amazed at my life now with all of the systems I've put in place that that work for me. I mean, and I've tried a lot, but I've found ones that really work. 
and it like it's had such an such an, a huge impact that's so phenomenal to hear and i think this we're recording right before the spring equinox but i think it'll be so so timely for when it comes out because i think a lot of us will be in that like spring cleaning purging mindset and it's absolutely a great kind of reminder to let yourself tinker with these different ways to see what works and what doesn't and you know i i do want to validate too that I, I too wondered if I had somehow accidentally passed my ADHD testing. <laughs> like I, I rigged it somehow. Like, no, <laughs> people, people who, who don't have ADHD don't even go this far into it. So stop. Oh, that's funny. I passed my ADHD test. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I must have cheated somehow. Like, how could I have done that? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. The kind of, um, these narratives that we build in our brains of there must be something else that I'm doing wrong as opposed to thinking about, as you said, accommodating my beautiful brain. Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. That's my, that's my big thing lately is instead of focusing on the things that are really challenging for me as being like, these are all of my, my pitfalls, my downfalls. These are all of the like shitty parts of me instead of like thinking about that I'm like okay well those things are hard for me so what do I need in order to be able to do them or to be able to do my life like maybe you know maybe I need to hire somebody maybe I need to ask for help with these certain things maybe I need to just accept that they're hard for me and then life is just so much easier like I'm so much easier on myself I'm still really hard on myself (laughs) but I have learned uh, you know, and it's always going to be a work in progress, but I've learned to be easier on myself with the things that are challenging and accepting the ADHD diagnosis was like a really big step in that of like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not lazy and stupid. And like, it's just that these things are naturally challenging for me and that's okay. No, definitely. And the other piece I do want to loop back to uh, that you noted, it took you some some time to to begin embracing the term witch to describe yourself. It it's interesting for me to hear that for a handful of reasons. Like I'm coming in a bit later where you have been embracing that as a part of your identity a little bit more uh, publicly, but. I see like the beautiful plants that you keep alive around you, like in your office right now. And it's like how like only a witch could do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's, it's so, oh gosh, it's so funny to me. This is only, I think you can only see two plants behind me and I have just a house full of them and it's just always been that way. And I have a very special relationship with my plants as well. But I, I don't think that that also really started like hitting me until I would hear other people be like, how do you keep those plants alive? Or like, I kill everything. Or like, I'm just giving plants away because I'm just propagating them left. And I've got more plants than I know what to do with over here. But I did realize like, oh, maybe, 
maybe I am doing something. I have, I, it's just that like connection with them, that connection with their energy and my energy. I talk to them. I sing to them. I, you know, I touch them. I, I listen, I heard this on a podcast. Um, I was listening to P the fairies podcast and they were talking about, um, their plants telling them when they need watered. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's what I do. Like, I didn't even think about it. Like, I'm just like, I just kind of like know what they need. And I know when, I don't know, I don't know how to like, Anna. also I'm sitting here as I, I have a little dish of dried thyme on my desk. Cause I'm, that's the herb I'm working with right now. And I'm like, no, I'm not a witch. Like what? It just makes sense. <laughs> Oh, no, that that's so on point for for folks that have kind of spent their lives being very tied to things. And it's so it's so obvious to everybody, like these kinds of things. But it isn't until we get these aspects reflected back of like, oh, I guess maybe there is something a little bit like extra mystical about me. And I, I want to also affirm because like as a mixed race witch that's the other layer of like I don't do the things the TikTok witches do it's like mm. also I shouldn't <laughs> like th- don't believe everything you see on TikTok um but the the vibe the aesthetic of like performed witchiness is called a mysticore so if you look around and you're like I don't really vibe with this it's performative (laughs) more often than not it's what it's the connections you've been making to your environment and the energy and this like call to like cultivate life (laughs) and more amazing energy yeah yeah that's oh wow yeah that was so for a long time um people would always be talking about their altars and you know what do you have on your altar and what do you do with your altar and I had a real resistance to having an altar or I just didn't feel like, I think also too, like cultural appropriation. And I just didn't, I didn't want to like take things that didn't feel like they felt like aligned with me because I didn't feel like culturally were mine to, to practice. And, um, setting up an altar, just everything that I had heard or seen, I was like, this just doesn't feel like me. And I was like, I'm not a witch because I don't have an altar. And my friend was like, Bridget, time out. Take a walk around your house. Look at your home. Your home is your altar. And I that blew my mind. I was like, pardon me. Oh, look at all of the intention with which I have set up literally every space in my home. And I was like, oh, that's what makes an altar. And then like that started making more sense to me. So now I'm like, okay, well, my desk here is my altar. I've got my time in a little dish. I have some sand and seashells from San Diego because that's where I want to move. I've got my, you know, my cards. I've got my candle that I light at the start of every work session. I've got, you know, like I've got everything here that I've that I've intentionally put here. And yeah, that to me is that like cultivation of the the energy, the connection of of the things. And 
it doesn't have, I'm letting go of that notion of it doesn't have to be or look a certain way. It's just my, like how I'm interacting with it and the intention in it. Oh, definitely. And thank you for sharing a little bit of like insight into your ritual that you have set up for yourself, like leading into the the day. Cause that's so, so I think it's pretty underutilized, like like embedding alchemy into your day really helps to feel like you're stepping in with intention as opposed to like grumbling through like curse like cussing out everything like I didn't get my coffee it like helps to like soften a little bit oh yes that's I that's one of the most important parts of my day and speaking of just self-care and my my morning routine and ritual but yeah, that's where I make my another witchy. I think I made a video on this in the fall, but making my spelled affirmation tea. So making tea for myself, like that's a that's a big ritual. The way that I do it, um, somebody one time suggested to me they had a Keurig, and I don't do caffeine, so they were like, "Okay, well you can't have coffee." Well, they make those little tea pods, and I was like, "Time out." I can't drink tea like that. Tea for me is the ritual of, of making it. It's not, you can't put it in that machine and push the button. No, like I don't, no, thank you. So that's like, that's part of my, my ritual. And then I bring that upstairs and I, um, the first thing I do is, well, I sit down and I say hello to my plant over here who I was nursing back from death and now she's beautifully blooming. Um, but I say good morning to her. I spritz her with a little water and then I, I light my candle and with the match that I light my candle, I put it in, I've got like a little dish of herbs that I burn. And right now I'm working with lavender. So I'll do that. And then I'll walk around the room. I'll say a little spell to clear out the room and cultivate what I want in the room. And then I sit down, I pull a card, a message for the day. And then I'm like, all right, it's open. I'm ready to work. And that's how I start every workday. And that has been an absolutely beautiful ritual. And I do also want to say props, shout out to Erica at Collective Commons, because she's the one who inspired um, parts of that and really like helped to kick it off to become the like, this is what I do to start work. So and it's been really impactful. And it's I think it's just a beautiful way to like get going. I I totally agree. And that sounds so nourishing. Like I didn't even do it, but I feel better knowing <laughs> that you did it. Like that breath of fresh air kind of feeling. And no, I agree. I I am a I'm a tea ceremony person, not like a full on any of that, like hours long, but I used to get annoyed at how long matcha took until I realized that it was intentional. So mm. like, no, just gotta, gotta take your time with it. And yeah, yeah I, I want to make sure we, we have some time. Like, I feel like this moves into my second to last question uh, about your 30 day bad art challenge. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Cause that I, I love the idea of a challenge because it used to feel intimidating, but then there's the opportunity to like, again, have that ritual every day of like a thing you look forward to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what is it and what sparked it for you? 
Yeah, so that I did that. I ran it at I think it was like halfway through December into January. And that was really for me about I was feeling really just for lack of a better term, like burnt out going into the end of the year. And I was just like, I just want to do something fun and purely like for me. And I saw something on Instagram that inspired it. And it was about, oh gosh, if I could remember, um, I think it was just about like putting your art out there um, whether you think it's done or good or not, just like putting it out there and not like holding it back. And I don't remember the nuanced details of it, but that's what inspired this. And so for me, it's about like letting go of the perfectionism of like, is this thing done or is it ready to be perceived by the world or what, whatever it is, or just letting myself create something just for the sake of creating it. Like it doesn't, I don't have to be creating like a specific product to sell or a piece of art for something. I could literally just sit down and make a thing and see what happens in that process. And so I was just going to do it on my own. And I wanted to set it up in that, like a challenge so that I would actually do it because I love me a good challenge. <laughs> um and I tend to do really well when I'm in a container, when I have that, like those, those parameters. If I have somebody telling me like, you have to show up every day and do this, like, okay, I'll do it. Um, but then I, I mentioned it to a couple friends and they were like, oh my God, I want to do that too. And I was like, oh, maybe this is a thing I should just share with everybody. And so that's what it turned into. And it was just, it was really beautiful. Like it was... It was so freeing for me. I created things that I, like, I allowed myself to be messy. I allowed myself to, to feel things and, like, show up on the days that I was just, like, angry and fed up and didn't want to do it. And I showed up and I did something anyway and I shared that. And then the, like, the community, the conversations that, that flowed from that was really beautiful. And then the things that I heard from other people that participated was just like my friend and her little five-year-old daughter did it. And I was like, this is the sweetest thing ever. Like she would share like her artwork too. And I was like, this is like, it's so, it was, it was a really beautiful experience and I'm glad that I didn't keep it to myself. No, oh, I, I was so grateful for you sharing that as as a recovering, I thought it was going to be a professional, like, gallery artist <laughs> when I was a mm. kid. And uh, no, absolutely. The the energy, like, that container you created, it was so great to see people just show up. And it's it's just, it makes it fun. Like, art can be serious, but it shouldn't feel like you feel dread <laughs> making it. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I was really grateful for it. Um, it also reminded me of a dear friend of mine who has since passed. And he he would drill it into us all the time. And it reminded me of him that make art today, even if it's bad, because you made art. And mm -hmm. 
he would remind us that even when we didn't feel like doing it for ourselves, like do it for for us because mm-hmm. the community loves to see what everybody's working on. So mm. I thought that was so, so fun. Oh, I just got chills. Yeah, that I think that was that was just such a big part of it, too. Just connecting with everybody in a way that wouldn't have happened otherwise. No, oh, so good. And and as we continue to wind down, my my favorite question I love to ask everybody before we get into the how can people find you question is what is something that people never ask about you, but you wish they did? Ooh, what a good question. Oh my God. Oh, that's a great question. I just got all nervous. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for this question. I don't know. I think, um, I don't know if I have like a, a specific thing, but I, there's something that I don't get to talk about often is how much of a fucking nerd I am. Like I have a bachelor's degree in math and statistics and like, I played trumpet like all my life into college. And that is something I put down that I recently trying to get back into. But um, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm a super nerd. I love math. I love doing algebra. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I, I always, when people ask for, for clarity or reassurance, I like to remind them that my husband said he wants to talk about Superman. When I had him on the podcast. Yeah, I love that. He's like, oh, I like I know a lot about Superman. Please talk to me about it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like one of the um uh one of the reels that I just made, I I was relating something in my notion system to the Lord of the Rings. And like another one that I'm making now, I'm like talking about uh Jurassic Park. Because this is just how my brain works. Like, and you know what? I like it. I, I like being a nerd. No, I think that's so fun. Because also um, some folks who listen in are very new to Notion. So even having these different ways of contextualizing what it could be is mm-hmm. so, so helpful. Because otherwise it feels like it can do so much and that is so overwhelming for people. Yes. So like grounding it in like Lord of the Rings or Jurassic Park (laughs) is like, it's, (laughs) it just gives people a different perspective on what it could be for them. Yeah. 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 And I like, don't get me wrong. I love watching all the notion YouTube videos, but um, yeah, nobody in there is, is doing ridiculous nerd stuff in like talking about it during during their explanation of their productivity system but i'm like that's literally where my brain goes so i'm gonna give it to you yeah oh. <laughs> no so so good and i want to thank you so much for for coming on and sharing what's happening in your beautiful brain and just the exciting work that you're up to it, it's really been a joy having you on Thank you, Emmy. It's been delightful. And before I go, I gotta say out loud that one of my dearest friends and I are working on a podcast. And this is the like, putting it out there, the like, I'm voicing it out there. It's happening. So um, that is so being able to do this podcast and 
as kind of like a leading up to it feels really cool. No, it's such a joy to have folks on as they're building up to these kinds of things, because I I know when I was, you know, not to drag this on, but I it really helped me to be on podcast when I was working on my podcast. So I, I hope this gives you something to build on to uh, for your own next, next exciting endeavor. But yeah. Thank you. Oh, can we know the name of the podcast yet or is that under wraps? It does not have a name yet. Oh. It is a, and it's also a big, uh, it's a big experiment in letting go of perfectionism. So we are literally making it and seeing what it becomes. Love it. Mm. Oh, so exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I uh, Please do let the people know where else they can keep up with you and yeah, and where they could stay tuned for, for the podcast release. Yeah, so I have my website is BridgetMarieEnergyDesign.com and my name is spelled like, it looks like Brigitte, B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E. Um, and then same thing on Instagram, there's a little dot in the middle of it, but, uh, I'm also on YouTube as well. And I'm going to be releasing shortly a big, uh, business system, Holy grail, uh, notion, whole template system. So that's really exciting. That's going to be out there as well. Um, and probably I also have my newsletter, my email newsletter, but I would check in with any of those places. I'm sure I'll announce the podcast in all of them. So <laughs> any of those will do. All right. Thank you so much, Bridget. Thanks, Emmy. That's all for today's episode, everyone. While we reach the end of this particular conversation, it's time to turn it over to you. Did something I say lead to some spiderweb thinking and you wish we could go even deeper? Do you have more questions? Please do share what's on your mind in e- email, voice memo, etc. And do let me know those post-pod questions or ideas or if you'd like to have a particular guest come on the podcast. You know, don't be shy. Let's keep the conversation going. If you liked what you heard, and this is all really hitting home for you, please do leave a five-star rating and a review and pass it along to even one friend you think would benefit from what we talked about today on The Violet Vulture. But that's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning in The Violet Vulture. Bye for now.